Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Well, talking about family, I'm one of five kids. I'm the second youngest. I'm the youngest daughter. And... Um, I lived in hand-me-down clothes. Anybody else that's, yeah. I literally lived in my brother's clothes, my sister's clothes, clothes that didn't fit me, clothes that did fit me, clothes that were worn out, clothes that I probably shouldn't have been wearing, but I was wearing. At about the age of six, I refused to wear my school uniform to school. I was a little bit, I don't know what, rebellious, trying to control my little world. And so I decided from age six on, I wasn't wearing my school uniform to school. And you know, my mum was like, there's other battles to have, we're just gonna let it be. And so I went to school in my corduroy overalls with a Ferrari car on the front, <laughs> a skivvy with flowers, whatever. But I did not wear a school uniform until about grade six. Yeah, I know, naughty, hey. If any kids in the program, in the service, quick get to kids, don't listen to that. It's naughty. But I lived in hand-me-down clothes, and you know, for a long time, it was totally okay, and I had, I kind of had no real concept of I'm living in my brother's clothes or my sister's clothes. I just told, was told what to put on, and I put it on, or I was dressed, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with that, but there came a time in my sort of pre-teen years where I was like, I don't think I want to wear my brother's or my sister's clothes anymore. I want to wear something that's new for me. I want to wear something that I've chosen or that's been chosen for me because of what I like and the colours that I like to wear. And I don't want to wear blue corduroy overalls that have a Ferrari on the front. I wanted something for me. And, you know, if we're talking about talking to Jesus and hearing from God, I think, you know, too often as Christian, Christians, we can live literally living off hand-me-downs. Somebody else's revelation. Somebody else's account of what God's done in their life or somebody else's story. And other people's testimonies are amazing. And what other people bring to, to the platform and what other people speak into your life is amazing. But at some point as a Christian, I think you have to get to the point where you go, oh, I don't want to keep living off hand-me-downs or second-hand revelation. I don't want to just live off the great thing I hear on a podcast, even though all of that's really good and I listen to all that stuff and I read the books and I do all that. But at some point, you have to get to a level of maturity where you say, hand-me-downs are not my thing anymore. Second-hand revelation is good, but I want to hear from God for myself. Can I hear an amen? amen. I want to put the hand-me-downs away, and I want to hear what God has to say to me. We can be so handicapped sometimes as, Christ sometimes as Christians because we're just waiting for the church service. And there's... Absolutely so important to come each week and get fresh revelation. But my prayer tonight is that the revelation I've received and what God's spoken into my life would actually just be a confirmation of what God's already doing in your life. And that the revelation that perhaps maybe I've got would be a confirmation for you of what he's already speaking into your heart. Let's not live as 
Christians who are limping along or are handicapped or are living in hand-me-downs, but let's be Christians, and, and I'm suggesting, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that most of you are wanting that, that Christians that are hearing from God on a regular basis for ourselves. The truth is, I think God's always talking. And, and I love that ad, if you saw the ad we ran for talking to Jesus, that you could just hear this dial tone and hello, hello, because I truly believe God's always talking. It's probably more a matter of are we listening? Are we hearing? You can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. Whether you're here for the very first time tonight, whether you've known Jesus for 10 years, 50 years, or just a few moments, you can hear the voice of God. He wants to speak. And tonight, he just wants to say to you, are you listening? Because he wants to say so much to you. You know, I think if we would always be in a place of expectation and have an anticipation and an eagerness to hear from God, I actually believe it would change how often we heard from God. But I do think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that every moment we sit with our Bible that we're gonna hear fresh revelation from heaven, that every moment we walk into a church service that the angels of the, the the heavens are gonna open up and we're gonna get a fresh revelation of the next step we're gonna take. Do you know, sometimes that happens. But most times it's the quiet, soft voice. It's the little prompting. Standing, talking to a couple this morning, hearing their story about this week, what's happening with their baby and just feeling the Holy Spirit say pray for them tonight. Because I come in with an expectation, I live every day with an expectation that God is actually gonna speak to me. Why? Because I'm his child. My son, my daughter, they don't wake up every morning and go, look, I wonder if my mum and dad are gonna speak to me today. I wonder if I'll have to say to them, please, can you talk to me today? There's no issue. There's just this expectation. There's this openness. There's this, they just know we're gonna talk to them. And they know we're gonna help them and we know we're gonna, they, get, they know we're gonna help them move forward and we're gonna provide for them. Well, why don't we come with the same expectation and the same anticipation and the same eagerness to hear from God? You know, what does expecting to hear from God look like? You always hear, you know, are you expecting? And we use this, you know, are you expecting to hear from God tonight? I've probably just said it five times. Well, what does that even look like? Some of you are probably sitting there going, well, Pastor Alice, what does that even mean? Well, I think you've got to actually position yourself spiritually, but you've also got to position yourself physically to hear from God. Two very different things. A.W. Tozer says this, the person who doesn't expect to hear from God won't. Because every single time God speaks, they will just discount it as their own ideas. But when you understand that God's smarter than you, God's greater than you, that God's ways are higher than you, let me tell you, you'll hear God speak to you all the time. Because you know, most of the time, my ideas are not that great. But God's ideas are always wonderful. They're always perfect. But when the position of your heart is eager, when the position of your heart is expectant to hear from Him, it's actually much easier to tune your voice. You know, Pastor Tony said so brilliantly that preached a brilliant message this morning on the Holy Spirit. And he talked about how do you get to know the Holy Spirit more? Will you spend time? And I'm gonna keep saying the same thing tonight because it's so true. I know my kids' voices in a crowd of kids. 
Why? Because I hear their voices all the time. All the time. Mum, 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 mum. Sometimes I say to them, I'm changing my name today. And I'm not telling you my name. So I don't have to answer. Jokes. But I know their voice. And they know my voice. They know when I'm speaking to them. They know the tone of my voice. They know what different tones of my voice mean. Like, sorry? When my son asks for something but just demands, it's like, sorry? And he knows. Start again. And he knows how to start again. Oh, please, mummy, can I? That's better. He knows the tone of my voice. He knows the sound of my voice. My little boy is a little, he, he loves smells. He knows my smell. I don't mean that in a weird way, but it sounds a bit weird, actually, now that I've said it. <laughs> I kind of feel like I've got to explain this now. <laughs> so if, if, if I've been exercising in the morning and he, I get home and he's out of bed, I'll go to give him a hug and he'll say, Poo, no, nah, you stink, get away from me. But as soon as I've had a shower, he's like, that's better. You smell like mum. But he won't come near me if I've been exercising. He's like, oh, you stink. I'm like, well, excuse me. But I love that. He knows. He's attuned to those things. And I think that's exactly the same with some of us with God. Do we know his voice? Do we know his tone? Do we know his scent, the aroma? Can we sense when the presence of God is near? Are we attuned to what that sounds and feels like? And that doesn't just mean a gathering at the church. It's like when you're at home, can you sense there's a moment? The other morning I got out of the shower. You walk out of our bathroom into our, um, straight into our wardrobe. And I literally stopped still for a moment and I had had worship music on while I was getting ready and I just stood still for a moment. I'm like, I can just sense God. I'm in my wardrobe. And I literally just stood there for a moment with my hands outstretched. And I said, I just want to stand here and feel what you're trying to tell me. In my wardrobe. But because I could sense God. See, I believe God's always talking. I believe he's always revealing himself to us. The problem is oftentimes we're looking for it a certain way. God may have already spoken to you tonight as you walked through the door and had a conversation with someone. But you might have discounted it because you didn't recognize God in that person. God may have already tried to speak to you tonight during worship, but because it wasn't your favorite worship song, you've already discounted what God wanted to do. God may have already tried to speak to you through communion, through Sarah doing the welcome, through Tony doing the, the tithes and offering, but we discount it because we're waiting for the word. Well, that is the word. And I literally feel like God's always talking but maybe we've got to change how we receive what he's saying and change the narrative of what that actually looks like. And so if we're talking about positioning ourselves physically, then I think someone that we should look at in the Bible is a dude called Habakkuk. And so if you go to the book of Habakkuk, um, if you go to chapter one, I'm going this way, Simon, wherever he is. If you go to the book of Habakkuk, in the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk, you see Habakkuk crying out to the Lord because the city, the town he's in, the nation he's in has been devastated. There's been destruction. 
the culture that he's living in is a mess. Nothing's great. And then if you go to chapter two of that same book in Habakkuk, we've just heard Habakkuk crying out to God in chapter one. He's asking God to do something. And the verse, first verse of chapter two, he says this, I will climb up to my watchtower. He positions himself to hear what God has to say. It says, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post and there I will wait, wait to see what he, the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Now I could camp on this verse all night. I will climb up to my watchtower. So in the Bible times, they climb up on their watchtower to get away from the distraction and to get up high so that they could see who was coming. They could see if the king was coming and Habakkuk climbs up to the watchtower because he's cried out to God and now he's getting up out of the chaos of life and the what's around him and all the distraction and he says, and I'm gonna wait to see what God has to say. You see, sometimes we're in the chaos and in the midst of everything that's going on in our life, it's very hard to hear what God has to say. We know what we want him to say, but that's not the point. The point here is, how will he answer my complaint? And it says here he's going to climb up to his watchtower and he's going to stand at his guard post and it says, and there I will wait. Young people, look up the word wait. And I'll wait. And I'll wait. And I'll wait to see what the Lord has to say and how he will answer my complaint. Not how you want him to answer your prayer, not how you want him to move, but how he wants to move in your life and what he has to say. And so Habakkuk goes up to this place because it means that he's away from the distraction. He gets above ground level. And I wanna ask you tonight, where is your watchtower? See, the other morning, my watchtower was my wardrobe. You see, we live in a society, a generation filled with instant, this is why the word wait's so important, because we want everything now. And if it doesn't come now, we want it for free, or we want it with added benefits. We want the next one to be free when we come back. But Habakkuk here says, I go and I wait. I go and I wait. Not distracted, I just go and I wait. And I search the horizon, because at some point, I'm gonna see my answer come. Do you know, the truth is, if we talk about our watchtower, I think this is a real hindrance, actually, to some of us spending time with God. Because if we search social media, this is what people's devotional time looks like. Perfect cup of tea with my morning devotions. Just me and God, Jesus, park bench, dog. I wouldn't have my dog, I don't have one. This is the only way I can make it through my day, prioritise God. You know what time it is? Now, nothing wrong with any of that. But then that's a hindrance when we can't do that. That could have been a hindrance for me the other morning when I walked out of my bathroom with a busy day ahead. And I literally felt the presence of God stop me in my wardrobe and I stood. I didn't get out my phone. 
I didn't do a gram post because it wouldn't have been good. For you or for me or maybe even for God. But see, we see that and we think, well, that's what my devotion time needs to look like. Can we have a look at some reality here? Mum, Dad, that could be your watchtower. Doing the dishes. I stand at the sink and I take a moment to wait and see what the Lord has to say. Mum, Dad, brother, sister, I got my son to fold the socks the other day. He told me he was going to charge me $10 a pair. He's rich. But folding the washing, it's always got to be done, right? Maybe mum, maybe dad, that could be your watchtower. The place where you sit and allow God to come, where you wait, where you wait, where you wait, and you just allow God to speak. Ten minutes before you get to work or ten minutes early when you pull up to work, sitting at a, another training match for one of your kids, waiting, waiting, waiting for your kids. That's your watchtower. That's your watchtower. Don't worry about the gram. Don't worry about the perfect cup of coffee. Don't worry about the perfect handwriting in a journal that's got something beautiful scripted all over the front. That's your watchtower. What do we got? Yep. If you're a mum or a dad or even a person, you've always got to be washing the clothes. <laughs> I feel like I spend a lot of time in the laundry. I spend a lot of time at the clothesline. I actually love the clothesline. You know why I love the clothesline? No one comes near me. Because if they do, I'm going to say, pick up some clothes, grab a peg. None of the children come near me. I get a moment. It's my watchtower. As I pick up two red pegs and put some clothes, and then I pick up two blue pegs, because I'm a little bit OCD like that, they've got to match. It's my watchtower. What do you got to say to me today, God? I'm waiting, and I'm just going to sit, and I'm going to wait while I peg. While I thank God for having a family to peg clothes for, I'm going to give you everything that I'm needing, and I'm going to request that you would come and you would speak to me. This is my watchtower. See, I don't have time. Is there any more? Is that it? Yeah, doing the gardening. Whatever it is, Pastor Jane, that one's for you, because you love the gardening. I don't necessarily always have time. Now I've got to get out, out of this thing. I've wedged myself in so badly. Simon said to me, you're not going to jump off it, are you? I said, no, why would I do that? Someone apparently didn't Atlanta and broke their leg. So he was a bit nervous about a ladder on stage. The truth is, is that I don't always have time to have the Graham coffee and the Graham Bible and the Graham journal and the Graham this and the Graham that. Now, I love all that stuff. I really do love all that. But what I'm saying is don't be hindered by what you see on the gram because let me tell you, that's been set up like that. Sometimes it's an encouragement to other people. Sometimes I see other people and go, oh, you know what, I need to just stop. I need to take some time. I need to do my devotions. But the reality is that's not reality all the time. And we hinder ourselves because we have this expectation of what it should look like, where the reality is God can speak to you anywhere and at any time. You've just got to make space for Him to speak. So when you're folding the clothes, 
when you're pegging the clothes, when you're doing the dishes, when you're driving the kids because you're a taxi. Young person, when you arrive early to work or early to uni or whatever it looks like, just take a moment and hear from him. When you come into every day eager, anticipating, um, expecting to hear from God, let me tell you, you will see him move. We look at the chaos of our life and we think God can't speak. Let me tell you, John 10, 27 says this, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. You are a sheep in God's flock. You are his sheep, he is the shepherd and he wants to speak to you. He wants to, we are his children and I wanna encourage you tonight, you have to have a belief in your spirit, an anticipation, an eagerness, an expectation that you can hear from God. Maybe it's been a long time and you don't feel like you've had a fresh, you've heard freshly from God. I want to encourage you. And please don't walk out of this place tonight if you don't hear from God and go, see, it didn't work. Just go home and every day spend a moment. Every day just quietly still your spirit. Allow yourself to just be in a place where you can actually hear, turn off the chaos all around you. Turn off the news, turn off the stuff that crowds in, crowds in, crowds in. Get off the gram. And perhaps just open the Bible. Turn on a song. I have music, worship music all the time when I'm having a shower and getting ready in the morning. And that's why God arrested me in my wardrobe because I'm always setting up that moment for God to speak to me before the day begins before I've got to go and face whatever I've got to face. We are his sheep. He is the shepherd. Let me read to you from John 10. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep listens to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he puts all his own sheep outside, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Talking here about the shepherd. It's an analogy of you and me and Jesus. However, listen to this, a stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. I love that. Why does a sheep not know the voice of a stranger? Not because he's never heard it before but because he knows the voice of the shepherd so well that he can discern the voice of a stranger opposed to the voice of the shepherd who he's been trained to listen to. Too many times we have conversation like this. Well, I don't know if it's God speaking. Well, if it's not God, what is it? Because when you know the voice of God, you can be assured that when he speaks to you, you'll know. And I I think tonight, for me, there's four keys from this passage of Scripture that I'd just love to take a moment to unpack. And if we're thinking about this, mess, this passage of Scripture, I want you to imagine that you're a sheep in God's, fo- in God's flock. Can we go there for a moment? Okay, turn to the person next to you and give a little sheep noise just to get you in the mood. So the first key is this. Remember verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. This is the key verse. 
My sheep listen to my voice. Now, sheep are dumb. But sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And they follow him. It says here, they follow him. Four keys to hearing from God. Number one is relationship. My sheep are the ones, this passage of scripture says, who know my voice. So if you're in relationship with God, you can rest assured that you can hear the voice of God because you're in relationship with him. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd because they're in relationship with the shepherd. Now that sounds stupid because they're sheep. But in Bible times, the sheep spent a lot of time with the shepherd, day and night, and night and day, and day and night. They traveled together, they did everything together. They even slept at night together. They spent a lot of time together. Do you know a shepherd had up to about 100 sheep in their flock, and at night what would happen is they would take all their sheep to a place called the fold. And they would herd their sheep into the fold, but it wasn't just their sheep that would be there. There would be about nine other shepherds that would come with their flock, and they would also usher their sheep into the fold. So now we've got about a thousand sheep in the fold. And most sheep look the same, right? I lived on a farm for a little while. They all just look the same. They all sound the same, they look the same. But the shepherds don't. And so they would usher all these sheep into there and then what would happen, that this verse of scripture tells us is that one gatekeeper would stay and mind the sheep. So nine shepherds would leave their sheep, entrusting them to the gatekeeper, one of the other shepherds, and they would go back to the city to sleep and they would come back in the morning. And the shepherd that waited there would lie in the opening and keep guard and protect the sheep. And then when the shepherd would return in the morning, he would sit up and he would look to see if it was a shepherd he recognised. And if it was, that shepherd would be allowed to go back into the fold and that shepherd would then call his sheep. They were in relationship. The sheep would then in the morning hear the voice of their shepherd and they would know the voice and those 100 sheep would get up, hear the voice of their shepherd and follow. And all the others would just stay there waiting for their shepherd. See, we get too distracted. See, if that was any of us, we'd hear shepherd come and go, oh, well, that's him, I'm off. Or or he's going now so I can get food. I'm hungry, so I'm going. And we get distracted in life the same way. Something comes, grabs our attention. We're like, well, maybe it's God. I'm off. And we're out the door. As soon as we can get out the door, we're off doing the next thing before we've actually heard the voice of our shepherd. Our shepherd. Relationship is so important to being able to hear the voice of God. We heard it this morning. I've already talked about it at the start of my message. When you are in relationship with someone, you know them. Like Tony said this morning, somebody that you know really well can be in another room and you can hear their laugh. And you're like, that's such and such. It's crazy. It's crazy. But when you're in relationship, that's what happened. The second thing, key is the result. It says in verse 27, they hear, they listen to my voice. They hear my voice. We can expect, church, we can expect to hear the voice of God. When we open the word of God, we can expect to hear the word of God. Now, I wanna dispel a couple of myths for you. You think, well, it's just the pastors. They must, every time they read the Word of God, they must get amazing revelation. Man, sometimes I can be sitting amongst the the mess at my home, on my watchtower, 
And I'll be reading about the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Canaanites and the whatever elseites and this one and that one. And I'm like, what's this got to do with my life? But the truth is, every time I read the Word of God, if it doesn't speak directly to me, I'm saying, well, God, show me something that says something about you. Because every time I read this, I can see a little bit more about who God is. And every time I learn a little bit more about God, I actually hear His voice a little bit clearer. I get to know the tone of His voice. I get to know His aroma, His scent. So that when He's in the room, when I walk out of the bathroom and there into the wardrobe, I can sense His presence because I could smell the aroma of His presence. Why? Not because I'm Pastor Alice. A special anointing didn't drop on a pastor's head that said, now you can hear the voice of God any better than anyone else. We are all His sheep. I want you to know that. We can all hear the voice of God. We are His sheep. I've just been disciplined and trained enough to stop and allow Him to speak and me to listen. Then hear my voice. Come expecting. Come anticipating. Walk into church expecting to hear from God. Open your Bible, expect to hear from Him. Driving to work, expect to hear from Him. If you're believing for something, expect when you're on your watchtower, on your guard, that you will hear, that you will see, and that the answers will come. And you know, the truth is when we expect and when we believe we can hear the voice of God, we don't see coincidences anymore. Oh, it's just a coincidence. No, it's the hand of God. It's divine favour. We don't see luck anymore. We don't see things as chance. We actually see God's hand divinely working in our life, even in the very simple little things. You can clap better than that. Because if it's true for me, it's true for you. Because you're a sheep as much as I'm a sheep. We're in the same flock, waiting for the same shepherd to come and call our name. And call us to move to a certain place. So we've got relationship, we've got result, and then we've got the reason that Scripture says, I know my sheep. You can expect to hear from God because God knows you. He knows you. Friend, whether you've walked in here for the very first time tonight or you've been here for a very long time and you just feel like that part of your spiritual walk has gone a little bit dry, you can know that God knows you. He knows every detail of your life. He knows what's to come. He knows what's been. And He knows what you need today. He knows you. The shepherd knew the sheep. The shepherd spent day and night with the sheep. They knew, like I said, they knew His scent. They knew His tone. They knew His voice. The more time you spend. Truth is, nowadays, if you're a farmer, modern technology means that the shepherd doesn't sleep night and day spend night and day with the sheep. You're not gonna see many a farmer walking around with a hundred sheep and sleeping with them at night. Now we have helicopters, we have sheep dogs, we have drones that round up the sheep and move the sheep to the paddocks that they need to be. Whereas in Bible time, the shepherd did all that. He knew them intimately. Now we have tags that go on their ears. We have brands that go on their bodies because now the sheep in farms are just numbers. Back in Bible times, it wasn't like that. They were known intimately. And just think about that for a moment. Modern technology's changed how even farming, and for the better, some goods and some bads. 
but the same is true for our spiritual walk with God. Modern technology has changed oftentimes how we do it. Because I can guarantee you a lot of you now are, especially over this side maybe, although Seth, Pastor Seth and Pastor Alice, I love it, been encouraging these young people to bring their Bible and their notebook to youth, to bring their not Bible and their notebook to church. Why? Not because we're old fashioned, but because that thing called a mobile phone is a massive distraction. And I can pretend I'm taking notes or I even can be taking notes, but as soon as I get a message, there it is, and now it's in my mind. And now I've lost my train of thought. And so even if I did come expecting God to speak to me, now I've just been distracted. But a sheep and a shepherd only had each other back then. They didn't have all the distractions in this world. They didn't have the grand post. They just had the reality of what was there before them. They needed to follow the voice of the shepherd or they were in deep trouble. See, the sheep and the shepherd don't have intimacy anymore. And sometimes I feel like we don't have intimacy anymore with Jesus because we're not actually creating the space to have that intimacy where we put away every distraction, where we stop still, we turn the phone off and we just allow the Holy Spirit to rest on us. We allow God's presence to just wash over us. I know my sheep. See, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The more we know God, the easier it is to know when he's speaking and when it's a stranger speaking. Let's go back to John 10. However, a stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. They do not know the voice of strangers. And the last thing is this. My sheep, verse 27, my sheep follow me. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. There's no negotiation. They hear and they respond. So a shepherd would come in, he would call the sheep. And the sheep would hop up, come out of the fold and follow. And the shepherd would lead them to wherever they were going that day. And sometimes he would lead them through beautiful green pastures. And I'm sure the sheep would have been going, wow, I wanna stop here and eat of these green pastures. But the shepherd was moving them to a better place or a different place. And so they just kept on following no matter what. No distraction, not getting caught up with the here and now because they've heard the voice of the shepherd and they're following their shepherd. I wanna ask you tonight, if you've heard the voice of God, did you obey and do what He asked you to do? Because sometimes that's a hindrance to us hearing the voice of God because maybe we didn't respond the way we should have the last time. Now that's not to bring condemnation but sometimes, and this is just my thinking, sometimes I think, I wonder if our response to God speaking actually limits His speaking. Now, I don't know. But as a parent, when you have to say the same thing over and over again, sometimes you're like, I give up. Or you lose the plot and you go the other way. If I have to say this one more time. Or is that just me? 
Sometimes I get like that. I asked you to pick up the seven footballs that are in the lounge room. That's my son. I did it before church tonight. Seven footballs. So he picked up three and then he started playing with another. I asked you to put them in your bedroom. He put them outside. I said, I asked you to put them in your bedroom. And then it's like, oh, I've got to go to church. <laughs> but I wonder sometimes if our response to God speaking actually limits his speaking. Because the sheep followed the shepherd. No negotiation. But I like the green grass here. Oh, we're going over here. Okay. <laughs> Truth is, friends, when we're in relationship with him, we can fully expect to hear from him. I wish I had a magical formula. I wish I could confidently say tonight that every single one of you is gonna hear from God. But I can't and I won't. But what I will say is you can position yourself to hear from God. And you can climb up to your watchtower. Whoops. And you can wait. And that's the key. See, too often we don't want to wait. We don't want to do the waiting. Because we want the answer now. We want the breakthrough now. We want the miracle now. We want the finance now. We want the healing now. And I get that. Answer me now. And God says, get up on your watchtower and wait and wait with every eye closed all across, across this place I know God wants to speak He loves you every one of you He has an incredible plan and purpose for your life whether you realise it or you don't, or you don't I pray this sermon has blessed you encouraged you and inspired you you know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I want to tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. 
you know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.